Are you an EMDR therapist and parent who wants to make more money, have more time with your family, and get better results with your clients? Welcome to the Future Template Parent Podcast. I'm your host, Carolyn Solo, LCSW, EMDR consultant, business coach, and mom of three kids under seven. Over the past couple of years, I realized that the grind of weekly sessions was taking a massive toll on my ability to be the kind of parent and therapist I wanted to be. So I dove headfirst into learning about intensives. I read all the books and articles and did all the trainings. Now I've transformed my schedule, my income, and my clinical outcomes by offering intensive EMDR in my practice. I want to teach you how to do this too, so you can build a practice you love and spend more quality time with your family. Tune in each week to learn how to manage what comes up for you when you're a parent who also does EMDR, how you can maximize your energy and reduce your overwhelm by offering EMDR intensives, and practical tools that will improve your clinical practice. Let's create the future template for your life as a parent and as a therapist. Hey there, and welcome to episode 19 of the Future Template Parent Podcast. Thank you for joining me today. I'm your host, Carolyn Solo, LCSW, EMDR therapist, EMDR intensive therapist, and mom of three daughters. I took a week off from the podcast last week due to some changes in my admin workflow, but I'm back at it this week, and so I thank you for your patience, and I'm so glad you're here. Today, I want to talk a bit about the therapeutic relationship and what it looks like to create attachment in the shorter-term format of an intensive. So first, I'm going to talk a bit about why some people have said that an intensive is too short of a time frame to create an environment of safety. Next, I'm going to talk a little bit about why they are mostly wrong. (laughs) And finally, I'm going to talk about what I do to create a strong relational connection in a shorter-term therapeutic relationship, and also why I believe it can be a good thing to have a shorter-term therapeutic relationship. So a question I have gotten a few times, which made me think that it was worth delving into this topic in more detail, is can you really create a strong relational connection with a client in a short-term therapeutic relationship? Of course, we all know that the relationship is the number one vehicle of therapeutic change, right? If there isn't a solid and safe working relationship with a client, nothing is going to happen. Right? If they don't feel safe, of course, they're not going to feel like they can really delve into their trauma work with you. So safety and relationship is paramount. But I've actually had people tell me flat out, no, you cannot create a strong relational connection with a client in an intensive format, and it's harmful to suggest that you can. The reasons that they give for why this is harmful are usually focused on the idea that the therapeutic relationship is intended to be a healing relationship, a relationship that gives the client the opportunity to get some things that they did not get in other early attachment relationships. Um, it's a healing relationship in which the client is seen, is valued, is given unconditional positive regard, and given time and space to feel safe and develop trust. The foundation of trauma work is a secure or secure enough attachment. This reminds us of Winnicott, who talks about the good enough mother. I also think we have to just be the good enough therapist and we have to create a good enough attachment with our clients. Um, So a secure enough attachment with a therapist who creates a safe therapeutic frame, who establishes and lovingly holds boundaries, and who addresses ruptures in the relationship and facilitates repair. Like all these things are so important for trauma work, good trauma work. 
And the best therapeutic relationships can provide so much healing from disorganized or abusive or avoidant or neglectful early life attachment relationships. Often there's this like unspoken assumption here that this has to take lots and lots of time. And therefore, there's absolutely no way to accomplish this in the time frame frame of an intensive. And therefore, intensives are not helpful and potentially even harmful to clients who require a lot of safety in the therapeutic relationship. What about those 7 million sessions of phase two that we feel like we're supposed to offer sometime to any client who does not present with a single incident trauma with perfectly secure attachment prior to the trauma? I guess we can only ever do intensives with those people then. The I had a car crash when I was 40, but my life was completely perfect before that. But now I'm too anxious to drive. And once I we do an intensive, I'll be fixed. Fine, do intensive with those people, but anyone else, danger, danger. Now, I don't know about you, therapist, but I still have yet to meet that client who has a true single incident trauma. Like, I have not worked with that person. I am not that person. And I think a lot of people, and myself included, would look at my early life and say, yeah, pretty secure attachments. However, there's a lot more to a person than, you know, (laughs) the patterns that were set down for us with our parents and those relationships are complex. Our parents are our primary caregivers. So, you know, I have had traumas in my early life that have impacted me, like, you know, bullying in middle school or um, difficult romantic relationships in spite of my secure attachments with my parents. And, you know, they were problematic in their own ways. We had our challenges. Um, You know, I am still not a single incident trauma person. So I, I, have not worked with many people who are. And I've worked with many, many people in the intensive format who are not a single incident person, and they have seen great progress. So, but yeah, you know, there's this idea that fine, do intensives with your single incident people, but anyone else, danger, danger, you're going to hurt them. So clearly, I do not agree with this stance for so many reasons. So like, number one, who wrote the, the book that like, Your therapist has to be your therapist for life. This is just like a harmful paradigm. It's highly privileged in a lot of ways, you know, in terms of time and financial resources, like therapy forever is not possible. Like, sure, maybe Freud wanted us all to have analysis for several hours a day, multiple times a week for months and months and years and years and years. That is not something that a lot of people can do, okay, for so many reasons. Um, You know, I love therapy. I love, 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 love therapy. I just love it. Of course I do. But I think we're creating this like strangely unbounded relationship of its own when there's this unspoken expectation, expectation that this is your client and you will be their therapist for all time, right? And that you'll see them once a week until your therapist retires or dies or something. Like that's, that's a heavy load for a transactional relationship, right? This is a business relationship on some level. A therapeutic relationship has a business element. They pay you for your time. I know we don't like to think of ourselves like that, but it is a transaction, right? Clients pay us for our time and expertise, right? And any business relationship has lots of constraints on it that could limit the time that it lasts. I've had many therapists in my lifetime, and frankly, I've had some for longer than I should have, and maybe those therapists should have brought that up at some point instead of continuing to schedule me week after week after week until I said, hey, maybe we need to take a break, Um you know, also, what if you, therapist, need to move or close your practice due to other life constraints or you're burning out and you need to reduce your client load? All those things that make it so you cannot be people's therapist for life. And if you set up the expectation that you will be and then have to, you have to be like, actually, no, 
you know, that is unboundaried and unsafe in its own way. Um, so I think being aware of these possibilities and checking in frequently with your clients about the relationship and how long it will continue for is only a healthy thing. And as we know, learning to manage healthy terminations is healthy. And part of our job as therapists is to, you know, we always say we should work ourselves out of a job. We say that. Do a lot of people do it? I don't know. But an intensive format builds that in for you. And you, you know from the beginning there is going to be a healthy termination. And it's not going to be that long from now. Um, so sort of that piece feels very important to me. You're not someone's therapist for life, nor should we expect that we have to be, nor should clients expect that we will be. Um, the same relational issues that are so important for, um, you know, learning how to be to be in a healthy attachment relationship. So rupture, repair, unconditional positive regard, building trust absolutely can and do happen in an intensive format. As I have said many, many times on this podcast, and I will continue to say this, the length of time you were sitting with a person in a short amount of days just feels different, right? Like if you're sitting with someone for four hours, three days, over two weeks, that's a lot of time together. You just settle into the work so deeply. You're so focused on the work. You're not thinking about like, I have five more clients after this person, right? You're intentionally creating space, for this person, for this work. Today is this person's day. The person can feel your presence and feel your groundedness like with them and can hopefully feel your desire to make them feel deeply heard and known. The lack of interruption at that 50-minute mark allows for things to flow faster, I think, with more connection. Four hours in a day can feel like two months of weekly sessions. Think of those like really long first dates you have with someone you really connect with as opposed to like the 45 minute coffee date with someone you're not interested in. (laughs) You learn so much about a person in that long first date. You're like, wow, we are so connected now. You know, then you do in like 10 of those little coffee dates with people that you're like, "Eh, this is going to be short. So the investment, you know, this is such a boundary time. That's not a perfect analogy. And of course, you shouldn't be dating your client. But I think hopefully that resonates a little bit. Um, there are many, many ways to create a sense of connection, a sense of safety, a sense of the client feeling seen and feeling important. Oh, the other thing I want to talk about too, is that rupture and repair also do happen in an intensive. I'm going to say the wrong thing in that length of time. Right. And also what's cool is like with an intensive, you can't really avoid, you can't be like, well, said that thing. Well, good thing they're leaving in five minutes. And I think we've all been guilty of that. We just don't have it in us that day to face that thing. But if I say something and the client reacts badly and we have two hours left, you're damn right. I need to deal with that right then. And what a beautiful process to see happen and unfold with a client, right? They're learning so much about how that can happen and be safe and we can keep working together and keep relating. So rupture and repair absolutely happen in intensive. And there is enough safety, connect, enough connection, enough like we have created this space intentionally that that rupture and repair can happen. So, right. So how do you create an authentic feeling of safety and connection in so many ways? I think the model of the intensive actually creates a beautiful frame of safety. How? Number one, it's boundary, kind of as I've been talking about, in the healthiest of ways. We come in with reasonable expectations, and we know exactly how much time we have together. We've agreed on it. The intent of the relationship feels intentional. (laughs) There's a particular focus of treatment, and the goal is to say with that 
as intentionally as possible and be extremely respectful of the client's time and financial commitment. That gives the work impetus to move ahead in a productive way, right? The initial consult call with the client, with the potential client, hopefully gives you a sense of, are we talking about complex trauma? Let's talk about what feels reasonable for an intensive. Is there dissociation? You know, and then during that initial consult call, if you feel like this is necessary, you can create safety by making sure they have another therapist to connect with after the intensive. And then being clear about any concerns that you have and having a consent form specifically for your intensives also creates boundaries and safety. That's something that I include in my VIP day package is I give you a copy of mine (laughs) and you're absolutely free to use it and adapt it as you see fit. But that so you can create really clear expectations and they have to sign that form in addition to all your other um, intake paperwork. Something else that I think creates an authentic feeling of safety and connection in my intensive model is the workbook, which I talked about a lot in the last episode, in episode 18. So if you want to know more about my client intensive workbook, please go back and listen to episode 18. Um, How does the workbook provide safety? It allows the client to give a really full history of themselves, like on their own time, so they can pace themselves and think through it and feel like it gets to be their story before our first intensive day, and I devote a great deal of time, I I ask clients to get that to me like at least 24 hours in advance of our first intensive day. So I can spend, I probably spend an hour, if not more, reviewing the client's workbook, making notes, figuring out how we're going to use it. And then when they see that I have done that, when we come in and I'm like, okay, I reviewed your workbook and here are the things I want to talk about. They feel so seen. They feel like special too, because I tailor the workbook to their needs. I talked about that a little bit in the last episode as well. Um, They feel like their intensive is theirs and that the workbook starts that process and that I understand what's unique about them and their presenting concerns. Feeling unique and understood is a hugely reparative experience. If someone did that, did not get that in all the ways that they needed as a child. And honestly, who of us did get all that that we needed as a child? We can always benefit from feeling seen, unique, understood, valued, right? So I think the workbook also provides safety and trust and like creates that safety like at, in the early, early phases of the intensive. Um, I also think that the structure that I create for intensives creates safety and um, helps them feel so, like that burgeoning secure attachment. They're the only client I'm seeing on their intensive day right? And I tell them that, like, this is the time that I have set aside for you. You are my entire focus for each one of your intensive days. And like, that's another reason why I charge a little bit more for intensives hourly than just for a regular 50 minute session. One of the many reasons, but that is a reason. And I think that makes clients feel really, really special. I'm not just a number. This is my day. These intensive days are all about me. Again, the structure allows us to really settle into the work which, as I talked about a little bit before, creates safety, gives time for all of us to kind of drop some of those defenses that can stay up for 50 minutes, you know. Um, I add a lot of touches to the intensive to, like, make it seem special. I always ask them, like, what tea do you like? What coffee do you like? Are there any, like, I provide, like, seltzer and cold water. I have some snacks. I always ask about, like, what snacks do you like so I can provide them for you? Um... I always do a closing ritual at the end of the intensive, something for them to take away. Um, I've talked about another therapist that I know who who 
like give them a little plant. Sometimes I will give clients like a worry stone or an essential oil that we've used. Sometimes we'll create a small, very small piece of art together. You know, there's so many ways we can do it, but I think that again makes creates boundaries, right? That closing ritual helps with that healthy termination. And again, also helps them feel special, right? That it was a time that we intentionally set aside for them. They're not just another person on my roster of clients for the day. Okay, check, pay me on to the next person, right? I also make sure I connect with their other providers, whether it's a psychiatrist or even a medical doctor. If they are a pregnant person, I will often connect with their um, OBGYN or their midwife practice. That really makes the person feel special. And like this time um, has a lot of meaning for the other areas of their lives, um, and certainly I do offer to all clients, like if you want to come back in in a month for another kind of touch up time, we absolutely can do that. Um, and then as I've been alluding to this idea of a healthy termination, right? And part of that is this closing ritual. We acknowledge and talk about the significance of the time spent together, the progress made, the deep attunement that we experienced, how we've met goals that we worked on, that feeling of concrete accomplishment. I think looking at all that as part of the termination creates this beautiful boundary frame and this sense of completeness. Like we did what we set out to do in this relationship and it was meaningful. I always follow up four weeks out. So how are you doing? Da, 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 da. And of course, if they need to schedule a follow up, we'll do that. But it's not necessary. Not at all. And I never make them feel obligated. I always wait for them to reach out to me. I will mention it as an option always, but I, I say, you know, I will wait to hear from you. It's never something that I'm like, so are you going to do that? Or are you going to do that? <laughs> you know, and we talk about like, even though a relationship isn't forever, it can still be impactful. Um, and I think that's just kind of a great life lesson for any of us. So yes, you can make an intensive experience a profoundly safe and healing attachment experience. And of course, you're always checking in with your client throughout, making adjustments to your work based on the person in front of you, and being as clear as possible about boundaries and expectations. I don't think it's healthy in so many ways, and I think I'm going to talk about this in another episode about burnout, which I think is going to be next week, um, for therapists or clients to think that it's our job to be present for an individual for years and years and years and years. I think it can create some expectations in the relationship that can actually compromise the relationship. I think there are times when an intensive therapeutic is incredibly valuable and healing and special. And of course, there are times when a longer relationship is what's needed and makes sense. And that the two of those can be concurrent, right? You can be an adjunct intensive therapist and provide this incredibly healing experience, and the person can carry it back with them to their weekly talk therapist, right? So just a few thoughts on that. Um, I'd love to hear what you think, if this is something that you've thought about yourself. And like I said, next week, I want to talk some more about burnout, something I tend to experience in October. <laughs> this is very relevant to my parenting journey also. So I'm going to talk about all those things next week. And guess what? It's October. So I'm starting to feel a little bit crispy. And I think it's helpful for me to process it. And it may resonate with some of you, maybe even some of you parents who are navigating this back to school time and all the stuff that that brings up for kids and parents. Um, I also want to talk in that about how intensives and charging what you need to charge for intensives is very helpful for addressing burnout. So can't wait to talk to you then. 
Thank you for listening. Um, And just a reminder that there's lots of ways to work with me. I offer a coaching package that gets you up and running with intensives in one day, and you make back your investment on your first intensive, and also those hours can count towards certification. Um, If you are working towards your EMDR certification, I I also offer like just general consultation. Um, So anything that interest you in that area, you can reach out to me um, and you can go to my website, www.futuretemplateparent.com, and that will give you all the details you need. And I'm so excited to connect with you next week and talk about burnout, which I think is such an important topic. Take good care, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Future Template Parent podcast. I hope you've learned something that can help you move from feeling overwhelmed to energized about your practice and your personal life. You don't have to choose one over the other. If you've enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts, and please share it with another EMDR therapist who would benefit from hearing this episode. Each review helps us get the message out about how offering EMDR intensives can liberate your practice. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast listening app so you don't miss a single episode. See you next week.